1: Happy New Year! Hi, everybody. Welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman, your host. And if you've been a regular listener for the last five years, wow, five years, going on six, actually, I think, you know that this is a podcast about living a whole life in mind, body and spirit. And we talk about being happy and healthy. But you know, we're really going for that deeper experience of joy and Uh, This podcast today is hopefully one that will clear the path for joy. I don't know if many of you realized, but if you have been uh, living on a different planet... (laughs) Not Planet Happy Healthy You. You probably don't know that I wrote a little children's book at the end of, it just came out December 10th, called There's an Elephant in My Bathtub. It's really cute. So beautifully illustrated by Callie O'Neill. She's just such a great children's book illustrator. And um, it's all about this father who gently uh, guides these animals who've been Experiencing the house in different rooms up to this child's room. And, um, well, what you find out at the end of the story is pretty exciting. So you can take a look at that. But anyway, that book has inspired my podcast for the beginning of 2019. So, we are going to clear the elephants in the room, and one of the elephants in the room is that my daughter, I'm not going to clear her, is here in the room with me. Hi, Caroline. Hi. Caroline Bowman, ladies and gentlemen. She's currently on Broadway in Kinky Boots. Hi, if, I could,
2: if I could do a good elephant sound, I would do it right
1: now. Yeah. Do you <laughs> think you could? You can do a lot of different things. No. Oh, that was not, good. That was my good. My husband sneezes like an elephant. I wish you he were here. But- <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy. I'm excited you. to be here. Yeah, I'm. She happens to be home for the holidays, so uh, and we have a
2: sleeping puppy in here. So. And We're she was
1: also puppy. the um, uh, yeah. We have her sleeping puppy Kodak. So mm. hopefully he'll be <laughs> asleep for the next thirty minutes or so. Um, so Caroline was also the inspiration for today's guest our guest is one of her good friends and also co-castmates in uh, in the musical kinky boots kinky boots is closing in april yeah kinky
2: boots is closing on april 7th on broadway so um hurry up and get to see it if you haven't because it's it's pretty pretty magical it's pretty amazing the message is amazing and and yeah so our guest is one of my dear friends, she's one of my favorite people at my job, I'm and I met her this year, and I can't believe I just met her this year, because she's such a gift, and it's also her birthday today, so we're oh. going
1: to celebrate her. Yeah, so I'm going to introduce her in just a second, before we do, I have to talk about my sponsor, because that's, how oh, yeah. it, that's just how it works, so well, Blue Planet Eyewear has been my sponsor for the last uh, almost year, I guess, <laughs> and they are an awesome, eco-friendly company that makes readers and really cute sunglasses and the best part is when you buy something from blue planet eyewear they give back they give back to people all over the world through organizations like save the children and see international uh so that people in um places where they might not have access to eyewear can Can see more clearly. So, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, and Blue Planet, hello, that's perfect, that's a perfect segue to
2: what we're going to talk about, huh?
1: Yeah, and I'm actually wearing a pair of, how do you like my, they're very cute. They are cute. They are cute. They're very cute, world. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so if you go to blueplaneteyewear.com and use the code Connie20, you will get a nice discount for our happy, healthy you listeners. All right, so let's bring in your friend. Do you want to introduce Julia Caroline? Sure. So, she, um, so, oh, you want me to read this? Well, you don't have to read it. You can, you can be, you can ad lib because you're an actress. I mean, but look at this beautifully written. Um, <laughs> all right, ready? By
2: day, I run an online zero. Oh, wait, no, wait. she wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Okay. Okay. Take two. We're doing great. Um, <laughs> my dear, how about we just say, let's welcome our guest. <laughs>
1: Julia McClellan she is (laughs) they call her the zero waste warbler thanks for coming on the podcast Julia thank you so much for having me I'm very excited I I'm so excited to have you because uh, for many reasons not not the least of which is it's your birthday and you probably have something else to do (laughs) I hope you have some fun plans tonight we do. Yeah, my husband is here visiting from Toronto, so we're going to head out and go explore New York. We're very excited. Yeah, that's exciting. So how long have you been with Kinky Boots? Oh, listen, it's Um New York. that's a
0: long-loaded question. I've been with it for almost 4 years. I've been in three different companies, the Toronto company, the National Tour, and now Broadway. So, all in all since 2015.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: So She knows every part in the show.
1: She, every that's amazing. Part so you <laughs> have you actually have the hardest job in the show, I think. I mean, I think I have the most fun job because I get to do something different every single night,
0: which is the best. And I get like some nice nights off where I get to do a facial in my dressing room. So
1: that's a pretty good job. (laughs) That is pretty good. So you're what they call a swing for, for maybe you could explain what a swing is for a non theater people.
0: Yeah, so a swing basically knows a certain amount of tracks, or we call them tracks, parts, through the show. Um, And so I know uh, seven or eight tracks through the show, most of them all women. And anytime someone is sick or has a personal day or can't be at the show, I basically swing into their track and do that for (laughs) however many
1: shows. So you actually swing for Caroline. Are you swinging for her this week while she's off?
0: I am, yeah. I'm playing
1: Caroline Bowman tonight. Yeah. Just to be clear here, Julia
2: is she's one of the most talented people I know. She is a leading lady and she plays leading ladies and yeah. understudies leading ladies, but she also um could easily, you know, be yeah, yeah, any of the characters at all time, but she happens to just know
1: all of them. So cuz she's very smart. And so that's oh, a yeah. good lead in. Super Gosh, super. Gosh, you guys smart. are nice. Well, it's your birthday. (laughs) Okay, so in your spare time, you are really passionate about this zero waste concept, which I'm so sort of ashamed that I don't know a whole lot about it. But I do want to, this elephant in the room, this, uh, you know, let's, let's move forward in 2019 with some more information, because information is what... Um, you know, helps us to live happier and healthier lives. And I just want to know. Knowledgeable being knowledgeable, it. right. Let's start with zero waste and what that concept is about. And then we'll talk about you.
0: Sure. Yeah. So zero waste has become this giant movement that's starting to sweep through um, popular culture. But really, it's, it's been around forever. Um, I don't love the term zero waste only because it's sort of makes people feel like they can't do it unless they can get to zero. So Mm -hmm. I try to call it low waste or, you know, waste free or waste, you know, conscious living. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been around for centuries. I mean, you know, indigenous people have been doing it for centuries. And our even our grandmothers did it back in the day. You know, they would get their milk in a glass jar and they would put it back out in the morning and it would get refilled. It really only wasn't until around the 50s when plastics started to come in for convenience that we started to see this upswing in disposable culture. Um, so the low waste or zero waste movement is basically just... An effort to get us back towards that circular economy as opposed to a linear disposable economy.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. I remember, I think, in the early, when I was first, gosh, living in, well, Caroline, you know Laurel, in mm-hmm. Laurel, Maryland, we had a milkman. <laughs> and he would bring mm-hmm. in these glass milk jars, we would get our milk delivered, and they'd put it in the little milk container on the front porch, and yeah. Yeah, so that's, it's been a long time. And doesn't, it's isn't exciting. it like, this is like, crazy it crazy because that seems like it's like old fashioned. It but is, yeah. that
2: should yeah. really be the yeah. way. Yeah, and
0: it's, it's funny because yeah. we used to really sort of value resource back before convenience became king. And that's basically at the heart of what we're trying to do with this movement is just revalue resources and, and stuff that we make and own. And so just trying to get away from the idea that something is made to be used once and disposed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So z- I like that you say that you you're not you don't appreciate necessarily the zero waste thing because mm-hmm. sometimes if we try to do too much too fast, it's like going vegan. <laughs> it right. Doesn't, totally. It doesn't always work. Like like little chunks at a time. After you tell us how you first got. Interested in this And I think Canada might be a little bit ahead of us In <laughs> in this area um, I'd like to start small And maybe talk about some easy ways We can start living a more um, Sustainable lifestyle Yeah, so absolutely
0: how- So I basically um, Have always been very Environmentally conscious My I grew up in Nova Scotia Which is full of nature My parents mm. are very eco-focused um, So I grew up knowing a lot of these cornerstones from birth. Um, And I've always been very involved with activism in terms of, you know, the earth and whatnot. But when I was in college, I started to realize with the sort of advent of Facebook that I was sitting at home and posting all of these posts about the earth and being eco-friendly and what was wrong with our politics and the way the government treats the environment. And I realized that I was just sort of being a Facebook activist. I was sitting there posting but not actually putting my money where my mouth was. Hmm. Um and once I realized that it was sort of like this lightning bolt moment where I was like that's what's wrong with our world is that we all have a lot of talk but not a lot of action. So I was kind of really distressed immediately when I realized I was doing this and I typed into Google quick ways to help the earth like just out of a sort of desperate place and like it was divine intervention. This woman's uh, website came to me and she's sort of the, the godmother of all the zero waste new culture. And her name's B Johnson. Um, and she has this website and book called zero waste home. And she was sort of the first person to create this new modern zero waste movement. Um, she was doing it way before it was trendy way before there was like these thousands and thousands of zero waste blogs. Um, And when I started, there was really only her. She was kind of the first one. And so a lot of what I talk about now on my blog is based on her stuff as well as stuff that I just had to sort of create and figure out on my own. Um, The great thing about going low waste now is there's so much resource. There's so many different blogs, websites, books you can look up. There's basically a solution to every
1: single Swap or problem
0: you'd have, so that's how I got into it, and uh, yeah, it's been like a four or five year journey at this point.
1: Wow, that's so cool, Julia. You know, I I looked on your Instagram page and I saw that you had this book. Um, give a shit. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> love that book. Do <laughs> good, live better, save the planet. So I ordered it and got it just in time. I love that. I'm. I just got it uh, late last night. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm planning on reading it. But thank yeah, you. Yeah, Ashley.
0: Yeah, go Ashley ahead. Piper is amazing. She's. Uh, she, what she's really great at. That's the author of that book. Is that. Um, She's really making it accessible and funny and lighthearted, which I think is really important because you mentioned veganism earlier. It's very it's a very similar emotional concept to people, mm-hmm. um, just like people love eating meat. People love their convenience. Yes. And so I think it's one of those things that brings up a quick and hot and emotional uh presence for people when you bring it up and so people like Ashley who are writing these books that make it fun and funny and more of an adventure and more of a a positive experience are really important and it's what I try
1: to endeavor to do as well yeah yeah very cool so you actually work with clients to, yeah, to yeah. Um, help them so I, I really appreciate that you you saw that you were just being a Facebook activist as many of us <laughs> yeah. are and then you actually like went for it like
2: isn't that that's yeah. inspiring right? Kara? That is totally inspiring
1: yeah and um so I think one of the things, a lot of my listeners are probably closer to my age than your age, Carolina, although I don't know, maybe they'll listen to this podcast because you're on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I think one of the, the uh, things that kind of gets in the way of our living a more um, conscious lifestyle is that we just don't know where to start. Um, Mm -hmm. and and those small steps that we talked about maybe we could start small and you could give us some um like the ways that you work with clients because I know Caroline has mentioned to me that you are so like you will walk into a class and you won't a a class you will walk into someone's home and I'm sure you see right away how (laughs) they could live but Caroline mentioned to me she goes she's so non-judgmental she won't she won't tell you anything unless you ask and i think i think that's which i think crazy. that's how you yeah. bring people in i mean it's right. so much in our in our
2: culture and our lives people want to push their agenda on you and it's and yeah. not agenda that sounds negative but you know what i mean like it's um <clears throat> people are immediately turned off by that and i think that's what's so amazing about julia is that you uh, you allow people into your world and, your world right. and how you see it without Pushing it on anybody, and that's why people are so oh, yeah. interested in yeah. trying this lifestyle out. Because you are, you're just, you're such a good um, She's poster a good... child for this. She's a
1: role model. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're really? a role model. Totally. And it's, it's a it's a kinder, gentler approach, which mm-hmm. we so sorely need now. So, where where are some ways we can start small, Julia?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's a it's an important thing to talk about because people come from different backgrounds and different histories and it's unfair for people to push their agenda on people in a very 100% all or nothing way because you don't understand how your privileges that you've grown up with are affecting your ability to do these things. And it's the same with veganism. It's the same with all of those sort of eco-conscious movements. You have to remember that your life and your privileges are not what everyone has had. So I think by being less judgmental and starting small, it's a great way to bring people in and maybe help them see where and how they can do this. Um, And so I always have my big five. I call it my big five. And they're my five first things that people can use to sort of wet their whistle with this sort of movement and really um, just ease in. And my first one is always a travel mug. Um, for coffee. I don't know a single human... Well, maybe I know one or two, but most people have some sort of coffee or tea that they carry with them every day. And uh, coffee cups are such a huge, huge problem in the disposable culture. All you have to do is look into one garbage can in New York City and you'll see thousands of them. Um, my coffee mug that I use is by Clean Canteen. It's a stainless steel coffee mug. It is indestructible. You could chuck that thing in front of a bus and it would survive. <laughs> um uh, and I use it for everything. I use it for my coffee. I use it for you know if I'm at a party and they only have solo cups, I'll use it for you know my booze. I've even stuffed takeout in there from a restaurant. I've used it for sandwiches. I've used it for leftover food. I've used it for everything. It's such an MVP. Wow. Um, wow. Good. My second one is a water bottle. If you're a big water drinker. Um, There's a crazy statistic out there that's like, it's somewhere in the 90 percentage, uh, I think it's 93% of plastic water bottles don't get recycled, Um, which is just insane when you really start to look at how many people are still buying their water in plastic bottles, which also drives me nuts because besides a few places in the developed world, like Flint, Michigan, we are so privileged to have free, safe tap water, which sounds like a basic human right, but there are places all over the world, including places in the United States that don't have that privilege. So it's insane to me that people aren't using it. Um, My third one is get yourself either a cool bamboo set that I have of utensils that I love. Um, I like my bamboo set because I can take them on the plane and the security doesn't get after me. But you can also just pick up a fork and a knife and a spoon from your drawer at home. You don't have to buy something fancy. Chuck those in your bag. Um, so you avoid using plastic utensils out. Um, I also have a little metal straw that goes in with mine, uh, in case I'm drinking a smoothie or something like that somewhere. Um, my fourth big favorite one is my grocery shopping. So instead of going down the aisles and finding, uh, you know, plastic bags of your beans and quinoa and whatever, I go bulk shopping with my own bags and just find a great bulk place. Um, it just makes your shopping that much more intentional and you negate all the plastic that goes along with all mm-hmm. those sort of, um, you know, all your aisle shopping at the grocery store.
1: Do you have any hints and- for for actually remembering to bring your, your <laughs> back? That's my new yeah. thing. Yeah, it's like got, you got to throw it in your purse or something, I guess. And
0: that's the same as anything with zero waste. It's all habitual. So people okay. always say to me, your life must be so much harder. It's so much more <laughs> difficult, so yeah. much more of a slog. And I always say to them, It is absolutely no harder or no more difficult than what I used to do. It's just retraining your brain to do it in a different order.
2: Mm.
0: So, you know, I used to forget my bags all the time, but then I would force myself to go back home and get them if I wanted groceries. Um, So it's just retraining your brain to remember those things. I would never forget my bags going grocery shopping now because I've trained my brain to just know that I need those.
1: Yeah, and having to walk back home in the snow in a New York City winter is enough to help you to remember to bring them. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You'll only do
0: that once or twice, and then you'll remember them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we have one more.
0: Yes, the, the final one I always like to switch people on is their toothbrush. Oh, it yeah. sounds really innocuous and strange, but there is an insanely pervasive amount of toothbrushes in the landfill, and because they're lightweight, they can get picked up by the wind, um, and they last... Forever in landfills. Every single plastic toothbrush that has ever existed on the earth is still here somewhere. Mm. And you can pretty much think of most plastic that way. If you've ever held a piece of plastic in your hand, it is most likely still on earth. Um, so I always tell people to switch their toothbrushes to a bamboo um, alternative. I love brush with bamboo because they're incredibly uh, sustainable. Um, and the reason bamboo is used a lot is because it's a very sustainable crop. It grows, I think, like a meter a week or something. It's very, very fast growing and super easy to harvest sustainably. So I always um, offer those five to people.
1: Yeah. Like the toothbrush thing, I, I was actually, as I was doing a little research for this interview, I saw the bamboo toothbrushes and that was something I would never have thought about. But yeah. I mean, it's such a simple switch. You know, we don't care what's in our hand when we're brushing our teeth. Mm-hmm. It might as well be something sustainable, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's great. And I've actually, once you're done with them, they're compostable. So you can just take the bristles out. Um, the bristles go in the garbage, but the the uh, bamboo handle can go into the compost. But I've actually never thrown one out because they're so handy for cleaning. So I oh, keep them around for cleaning bottles, my shower grout, all great. sorts of things. So I've actually never thrown one out because I still find them super useful after I'm done brushing yeah. my teeth with them. Your wedding
1: ring. Don't forget My that, Julia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so many use this. Yeah, and you mentioned the indigenous people like Native Americans. We always talk about how they they would yeah, they would kill the deer or the whatever buffalo, mm. but they would make sure they used every A single piece. Single yeah. Yeah, so we're just kind of mimicking that um, that wisdom. That's yeah. Funny.
0: And it's interesting because with any sort of new movement that comes around, especially in the age of Instagram and the Internet, it's easy to just like write off, you know, the people who came before us who were doing all these things. But I think it's really important to not sort of whitewash this issue and remember that many, many people were great stewards to the earth before we got here and sort of messed it up. And we doing these concepts from a very early time on. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Do you uh, find oh can I ask a question yeah, Go, girl. Do you find that um you save a lot of money by being z- um zero waste or um you know low waste living low waste?
0: Yeah, it, that was something that was not the impetus for me ever doing this, but it has been such a shocking realization mm-hmm. about how much money I've saved. For instance, I had no idea I was spending so much money on something as simple as cleaning supplies. Totally. But now every single product I've ever used has been reduced down to one thing that I make, just white vinegar and water. And it cleans the exact same way. And it cost me like 14 cents a bottle or something. And even if you just do that one cost comparison... And then try to multiply that through all the products in your life that you're reusing. Totally. Um, It's just shocking how much, like thousands of dollars a
2: year you'd save. And talk about like so much healthier for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if you you have little kids, if you, I have a new puppy, like he's, he licks everything off the ground. That's probably just, I mean, it's just obviously so much healthier and better for humans and other living creatures. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, obviously absolutely. the point of all
1: of this, is to make our right. planet healthier. Right. Yeah. We love our, our blue planet. Our blue planet. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Julia, if I and my listeners were to invite you into our home and you, were, you would so calmly and... Um, gently. Gently. <laughs> <kind> of, <laughs> um, look around. Um, how would you work with us? Like, how do you work with clients to change, make some changes in, in their lifestyle? So
0: that's a really fun way. The way I like to do it is it's different for every single person because my waste is not going to be the same as your waste obviously mm-hmm. because our lives are different. So when I work with clients or or individuals who I'm, you know, consulting for, I like to ask them to write down and monitor their garbage for a week or a month and write down things that you're throwing out consistently. So let's say one of your biggest wastes is plastic wrap on your food. You notice you have a huge amount of plastic wrap in your garbage. Well, then that's maybe the first thing we should start switching over. So I literally ask clients to keep a garbage journal. Um, Recycling is one thing. We'll tackle that later. If you're composting, that's great. But keep record of what's going into your garbage can, and let's start there. Because that's the most pervasive problem is landfill. So for most people, it tends to be body products like shampoo, conditioner, all that kind of stuff. And grocery waste is huge. Um, so that's where I would recommend starting. Look at what's in your trash and see what you're throwing out the most often.
1: Mm, interesting, yeah. Pay attention to what you're you're throwing away. Hey, um, I interviewed some people from the World Wildlife Fund a couple of months back mm-hmm. and they talked about, um, the environmental impact on the food that we waste. Can you break yeah. that down for us and, and maybe talk about that a little bit? Curious yeah, about that.
0: that is insanely problematic. It's one of the biggest problems we're facing with the environment right now. And I think a lot of people don't even give it a, a moment's thought. Mm-hmm. I believe the statistic is that one third of all food in North America gets trashed. So If you were taking three bags of groceries out of the grocery store, it would be like leaving one of those bags on the sidewalk and walking away every single time. Um, It's just such a huge problem, especially because we often think, well, if food's biodegradable... Even if it goes to a landfill, it's just going to break down. What's the big deal? But the problem is when natural compounds like that go into a landfill, they don't break down the same way that they would if they were being broken down in nature. Instead of releasing CO2, they release an insane amount of methane, which everyone sort of has a general idea of what methane is. It's what's heating up our planet very, very quickly. Um, and so we have this mass, mass amount of organics going into our landfills that are releasing methane instead of CO2. And it's a huge, it's a huge problem for our environment.
1: Mm. Gosh, you know, that is something I, I you, we just threw away a whole bunch of vegetables that were so laden with uh, salt, because we had a little salt accident while, uh-huh. we, were, while we were making breakfast, right, <laughs> yeah. um, and I never would think that that would be a problem, I mean, that, I, I think just a lot of us are just, we just don't know, yeah. so.
0: Yeah, and how could we, right, because we're not, we haven't been taught these things yet, and um, the problem is, is that a lot of huge businesses are actively doing this with the knowledge of the harm that it's causing so there's a lot of people and and organizations out there in play who don't actually want us to have this information um and you know all you have to do is research um grocery store waste grocery store organic waste just pop okay. that into google and the images will shock you there are warehouses all over north america stocked to the gills of just what they call ugly produce which is fruits, vegetables that don't meet the actual cosmetic standards of that grocery store, mm. and instead of being donated to homeless shelters or the poor or developing countries, even the developing countries that they were grown in, mm-hmm. don't actually get to eat those food, even though they're stocked with nutrients and
1: perfectly great to eat. Yeah, um, they get thrown onto a warehouse floor to rot and produce nothing. Yeah, it seems that seems crazy. So we we have around the D.C. area a new grocery store pop and they're popping up in a few different places that sells only that produce the vegetables and produce that are not so pretty so yay yay to the ugly produce good yeah so can you talk a little bit about like diapers and feminine products because i know that's a big big thing too um and i know when i don't want to I don't want to say anything about new parents and using, because mm-hmm. cloth diapers are, I know they're a pain in the ass, <laughs> literally, no, no no pun intended, but, um, yeah. but what can we do about um, those things?
0: Well, the great thing about the whole uh, period industry and menstrual industry is that up until very recently, we had not improved upon menstrual health for women in decades. And now because of the zero waste movement and just, you know, um, activists, activism in general, there's all these companies coming out with these great alternatives. I actually work for a company called Thinx, um T-H-I-N-X, and they produce uh, period proof underwear which is so awesome. It's reusable. You never have to buy a pad or a tampon again if you don't want to. Um, They're washable and they're completely reusable. So there's all these sorts of great alternatives coming on the scene. And in terms of new motherhood, that is one of the biggest questions I get asked uh, on the blog. And there are so many ways around it. I have never had a child myself, so that's definitely I lack in that area of expertise. But I always recommend to people... Put on your registry for a diaper service, a reusable diaper service. They exist out there, and they're super useful. And if a couple friends go in together and buy you that service, you can pop all those reusable diapers into a thing. Someone comes and collects them at the end of the week, washes them for you, and brings you back clean ones. So there's there's all sorts of ways that you can do it without really taxing yourself. You just have to – a quick Google –
2: uh, for those kind of
0: type of services, we'll show you a million ways to get around those problems. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, um, something else that's interesting uh, is uh, secondhand clothing. Um, mm-hmm. Julia have, was telling me a little bit about it, and we actually talked about going thrift store shopping. She's mm-hmm. an expert at thrift store shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: um, what so are your that's... tips for, for thrift store shopping? And
0: tell... Well... Yeah. So, clothing waste, textile waste, and fast fashion is another massive problem facing our environment. Not only as an environmental uh, problem, but also as a human human rights issue, because most of our clothing that you're buying at H and M or Gap or any of those places are being made in third world countries under atrocious you know, factory law and just bad environments um, for these workers. Um, But not only that, it takes an insane amount of water and chemicals and resource to produce these clothes at the rate that we're consuming them and throwing them out. So shopping secondhand is a great way to get around that. Um, And the other problem is the Western world is donating to thrift stores so quickly and in such a volume that those thrift stores don't actually have enough customers to get through them all. So eventually unless those thrift stores are being very conscious and sending them to textile recycling, a lot of even thrift store clothes go to the landfill. Gosh. So by shopping at thrift stores, That's you're crazy. not only you know patronizing them and, and buying the clothes again, you're helping those clothes not end up in a landfill even mm-hmm. after someone's done the right thing and donated their clothes. Mm-hmm. So my biggest tips are if you... Desperately need something, go often and look often and just have patience. I cannot even tell you the amount of times I've like almost clicked on the internet to buy something and then held off and the next day found it in a thrift store. Um, Secondly, look up on Google which thrift stores, some thrift stores uh, specialize in certain things. So there's a Goodwill here in New York that specializes in designer clothes. So if I'm looking for something fancy or something upscale, I'll go to that one. Um, find out and ask your thrift stores what their restock day is. So generally a thrift store will have one day a week where they restock their clothes and that's the best day to go because you get all the good finds first. (laughs) Um, and yeah, and just, uh, you get better at recognizing labels and quality and it's just practice makes perfect.
2: And Julia is so fashionable. So it's like, you know, (laughs) this is a good person to be hearing from because (laughs) she always has the best clothes.
0: I love clothes. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, and there's an, another thing I wanted you to talk about. Your wedding was yes. a lot of work how, and beautiful and completely zero waste. Yeah? Yes. I
0: think I had a tiny uh, grocery bag, like a tiny little grocery store bag full of trash. And I had about 100 guests. So that's a pretty small percentage of trash for that amount of How dare you? Would.
1: What was in that bag? <laughs> I can't even imagine, right? right? Yeah, just a little bag. Wow. So, um, um, yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, let's let's see how well we did. Caroline got married a year ago, so we probably I don't know what our grade would be. I don't. I don't. I
2: don't know if our grade would be very well.
1: But yeah. I. Um, but
2: but uh, Julia was amazing. Tell us about like the the things you did to create such a beautiful wedding and zero waste.
0: Well, uh, I think Mike had proposed to me for all of five minutes before I started making plans about how I was going to do so that <laughs> trash. He was like, great, right, really oh. glad we celebrate for a <laughs> um, But uh, I did some research. Uh, I was already deep into being zero waste by the time we decided to get married. So um, I did some research, and it turns out that for an average wedding size, which is about 125 people, a, an average wedding produces 400 to 600 pounds of trash which yeah. is just such a huge number. And that's not even counting food waste, which is a massive problem. I think it's like one-tenth of all food at weddings go uneaten. Um, so there's, a, there's just a huge amount of waste that happens. So basically what we did was we made a massive list, which we kept adding to as we realized we would need things, and I would just research, research, research options that were better. Um, for instance, all of our decor was thrifted, uh, we didn't buy a That's single cool. uh, single use piece of decor. Everything was done at thrift stores. Um, instead of tablecloths, we did this beautiful uh, butcher paper on the tables, which I made sure was like 100% post-consumer recycled paper that got composted at the end. We opted out of flowers and did uh, living potted ferns on our tables, which all got adopted by guests or replanted um instead of ordering floral arrangements we just went out into the woods and my mom's garden and we made them ourselves and they ended up being absolutely amazing which was super cool and they all got composted at the end mm, so cool. um my wedding both of our wedding parties just wore whatever they wanted to sort of reduce fast fashion because when you buy matching outfits for everyone of course that's bought for that occasion um so they all wore their own stuff We opted out of a sit-down dinner, and we just had really heavy pass hors d'oeuvres because, A, they're easier to freeze if you don't get through them, which we absolutely ate everything in sight, so that wasn't a problem. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. uh, also, sit-down dinners are generally much more wasteful because either people don't like what they're eating or there's just too much of it, so it ends up going to the trash quite a bit. Um, Yeah, what else? We actually... the, the oh bed. yeah. So my dad's a contractor, so cool. which was massively helpful. Um, but he started to notice throughout his career that more and more as he's on these job sites, there's just huge amounts of lumber getting burnt as trash at the end of the job because it's scrap lumber or not needed. And basically it gets incinerated, which is just crazy to me. So over the year of our engagement, my dad collected piles and piles of lumber in our backyard. And instead of renting a plastic or whatever stage, he built us a stage outhouses a bar so much stuff out of all this reused wood and now he took it all down and is reusing it to build a new workshop so oh my god and
2: then when i tell you it's just such a gorgeous wedding i mean we'll give you instagram handles at the end but at julia emily mcclellan um Look at her. Her wedding pictures are just amazing. It was awesome. just it's just
0: and there's a full story highlight on my zero waste warbler account oh, um, perfect. where you can see how step by step how I planned the wedding and how we, we got through it with one bag. I think the only trash we had was I ordered some biodegradable tape. And it never arrived. So eventually my dad handed me some duct tape and was like, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we had a, a bag of duct tape at the end. I think that was pretty much it.
1: Wow. That's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. So if, if someone wanted to host a wedding that was zero waste or as close to as possible, they could contact you and, and you would guide them through the process.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'm always okay.
1: available for consultation,
0: and uh, I've actually been, been sort of considering doing some zero waste wedding planning if that's if I look into it and people are interested. Um, but also, a great place to start is if you go to my Instagram, you can find a step by step guide there, and it will really tackle almost everything that
1: we did. Oh, cool. Well, I know we've just really dipped our toe in into this, scratch the surface, all those, I mean, we... We've only just begun. But we've only just begun. We've only just (laughs) begun. Ah, we got Caroline to sing. Um, (laughs) So the elephant is out of the room, and now we know. We know enough when they say, you know, when you know better, you do better, right? That was Mm -hmm. Maya Angelou, I think. I think we can all do a little bit better. And even if it's just those five things, the travel mug, the water bottle, the bamboo or metal utensils, the grocery bags, the toothbrush that's bamboo instead of plastic. I mean, we are making a really big dent, I think, if we can all just try to start small and then gradually, hopefully, we'll move to, to the bigger things. But um, thank you so much, Julia. This has been a really enlightening conversation. Oh my gosh, totally. About an important, a subject that's important to all of us, right? Yeah. And the way you talk about it, you're just so passionate and it, and it it's
2: truly, I mean, I know we've said it 10 million times, but you truly are inspiring. So thank you for inspiring
1: us. And thank,
0: thank you for having me. It. This is so fun to talk about. And I'm, I'm just so glad that people are starting to really take interest in it. It's so, yeah.
1: you know, heartening. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't want to be doom and gloom here, but if we don't, We're kind of in trouble, right?
0: Yeah, if anyone's interested, actually, the IPCC, which is the UN's Council for Climate Change, um, they actually just released a huge, massive uh, investigation into where we're at uh, for, for how many years we have left to really change things around. So on my Instagram, there's a breakdown of that if you want a very basic breakdown, or I really urge people to go read the whole climate report.
1: Okay. Good. I like that. And you, I I love the way that you've moved from being a Facebook activist to a full-out go-for-it. Activist. As as Jerry Mitchell, your uh, (laughs) director in full-out, right? Full-out. That's that's his. uh, So we'll go back to Kinky Boots. Oh, there's New York. There's New York. Hello, New York. (laughs) Um, So everybody go see these two beautiful actresses in Kinky Boots, Julia and Caroline. You might not see them on the same night. But you might, you might, (laughs) you You might, you very well could. Yeah. Before it closes on April. Do we know the date? April 7th. April 7th. Oh, that's so sad. So Tony award winning show. Awesome. Awesome show. And then take a look at Julia's Instagram page. Give it to us again, Julia. It's at zero waste warbler, like the bird like warbler <laughs> like the singer that's so cute. Yes. Thank you for all the work you're doing on behalf of um, all of us really who are listening and and caring about our blue planet. Thank you so much for what you're doing and keep spreading the word and we will too and then eventually we'll be we'll be all living in this beautiful environment with beautiful green grass and what <laughs> what else? What's your vision? That's the plan. What's your vision? <laughs> Did you guys have a vision you young folks? Give, give us some give us a visual of what you want your mm. world to look like and you know when your kids are your age
0: I mean my vision is definitely a world in which everyone is held accountable including governments and big business are held accountable for the toll that they take on our earth and our environment because it's we only have one and if we're not all responsible for our impact on it then we're never going to get anywhere so I think that's my
1: that's my vision for the future yeah you care? Do you have any any a vision for the future? Blue skies, sunny days, and dogs <laughs> running around everywhere. Dogs, healthy yeah. dogs. <laughs> so many dogs. <laughs> just all the dogs, all the dogs. <laughs> all right, you crazy kids. Thank you so much. Happy New Year! And um, we are. We will be following you, Julia. We'll be we'll be keeping our eye on you to see what we can do better. So thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank Love you. Love you.